Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I am sitting in the tour van with a guy named Tom, but you might know him better as... Mapov. I'm glad that you said it because it's spelled M-A-P-P-E, new word O-F. And I'm like, is he Scandinavian? <laughs> uh, in, in a way, I suppose you could trace it back in those directions. There's a derivation of the Norse sort of language in, in, in Old English. And it's kind of drawn from this uh, like sort of Middle English combination, you know, of, of languages. So yeah. I don't know. What's the name about? Well, um, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say that it's about anything in particular, but I think the concept of cartography was something that felt like um, could be drawn upon in a lot of different ways, you know, conceptually speaking. And um, I also just like the way it looks. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes aesthetic over, you know, other things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just to give you guys some details, the rest of the band is outside smoking. <laughs> Tom has some tea. They just opened the door to the venue and the lineup is slowly shambling inside. We're doing the interview right before the show. Indeed we are. Looking forward to it. Yeah. This is the tail end of a Halloween weekend. <laughs> How has your Halloween weekend been? Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, we played our first house show in Mission, BC, and we dressed up as a black metal band. Without context of the music, it might not make sense, but there's a, sort of a juxtaposition there that was kind of funny and really, uh, really a special experience. I think that we should play a song so people can understand the contrast of your example. So I'm going to play Nimbin off your debut record, A Northern Star, A Perfect Stone. I would love you to set this song up for an audience that may have never heard of Map Of before. Sure. Uh, so this is the oldest song uh, as far as like its conception on the record, and uh, it was kind of derived from this, uh, I, well, a trip that I took to Australia. I met someone uh, who had been away from home for a very long time, six years at that time, and uh, out of touch with his family, and uh, his story was just kind of fascinating to me as, uh, you know, basically a direct opposite of mine having been you know so close with my family and yeah his his story was really fascinating so i wanted to write something from his point of view and that turned out to be nimbin nice let's hear the song and just so you guys know while you're listening to the song we're gonna both take a long sip of our teas <laughs> mm. <laughs> darn right Eyes of 
show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Nimbin Off the Record, a Northern Star, a Perfect Stone by a band called Map Of. I'm sitting in the tour van with Tom from the band. Nimbin is a hippie town in Australia, correct? That is correct. Yeah, that's that's where I met this uh, German gentleman. That's the subject of the story. Yeah, at a hostel there. So you are from Ontario. I read that you went to journalism school, you graduated, then you decided to leave the country, go to Australia, do a sort of walkabout to find yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, more, more or less. I didn't actually graduate. I was only there for a semester. So <laughs> the, the crisis sort of occurred midway through the first year and uh, I had to kind of step back and reevaluate my priorities and... Uh, yeah, I mean, it ultimately resulted in the pursuit of music, but there was a gap there where I went to Australia and, and you know, tried to sort of focus on the, the inner aspect of things rather than uh, trying to write music or anything in particular, but eventually it did manifest itself into a musical project. Obviously, you have a true musical talent, so I'm glad you decided to make music. I would love to talk about this crisis because I have a friend who just enrolled in J school. I'd love you to talk about your crisis with journalism. <laughs> well, I think it's um, it's a very challenging field. It's something that requires a lot of dedication. Um, and it's not necessarily lucrative, uh, which is something that obviously I'm not considering in the present moment, uh, considering my choice of pursuit but Tom I'm glad you said it because music isn't exactly a lucrative career as well no but my thought process being there's you know two distinct things that I really love doing uh, music being above journalism in that regard and it just kind of came to the point where it was like okay if I'm not going to make any money I might as well not make any money doing something that I can be 100% invested in and and so that was sort of the uh, you know the long and short of a very long period of time where I was you know a bit lost let's say and that's uh, that's what resulted in me leaving Carleton and trying to find a way the the sort of obvious solution was to leave the country and <laughs> and uh, you know literally and physically step back from my social situation and, and everything and try to find a direction yeah and i'm not trying to poke and prod into troubled times in your life but i do think that your experience is something that almost everybody in their 20s goes through so people listening to this can find commonality yeah and that's the i mean it is tricky discussing this sort of thing because um you don't know how people are going to interpret it and sometimes things get exaggerated but uh certainly in that period in my life i was very unsure of myself very uh very reticent about making any big decisions you know and um the the safe decision for me was to go to university and uh I think you know there's a lot of kids who experience that you do you know if you do well in school which thankfully I did okay and uh, I had the marks to get to university that was sort of the push, you know, if, if you can do it, why wouldn't you do it? And the resources are available to you. But uh, so I kind of pushed music, you know, at, into a hobby for a little bit. And it was just eating away at me, not being able to uh, pursue it and to fully invest in it. So um, ultimately, I think that led to a bit of a, 
I wouldn't call it a breakdown because it wasn't instantaneous, but over a period of time I got very depressed and um, I had to kind of dig myself out of that hole and part of that process was escaping what was in front of me at that time, you know. So you packed your bags and went to Australia. So why don't we hear another track by Map Of? Let's listen to Unfound. Sure. So uh, Unfound is one of the rare ones where it was written in one sitting. It came about after a visit with my grandpa, who has uh, since passed away. Uh, but he was suffering for a long time from Alzheimer's. And uh, it was the first time I had visited him alone. He didn't recognize me when I walked into the room. And that was a very disconcerting moment for me and that the reality of that took uh it took a few minutes after I had left to set in and I just kind of broke down and I had a two-hour drive home and I was just thinking about it the whole way and it just kind of came out within like three hours of me getting back to my bedroom in London you gave your love to God till he stole it from your bed and
This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Unfound off the record, A Northern Star, A Perfect Stone by a band called Map Of. I'm sitting in the tour van with Tom from the band, and he's taking a long chug of his tea. What kind of tea? Uh, It's this throat coat tea, uh, some herbal thing. It tastes kind of like black licorice. I don't really like it, to be honest, but uh, it's supposed to be good for your vocal cords, so I'm giving it a shot. This is the first time you're trying it? Yeah. Well, so we're on tour with Martha Wainwright, and I think it's on her rider because it always ends up in the in the green room. So I'm just kind of giving it a whirl and see. We'll, we'll see how it sounds tonight, and you can, you can make the call. <laughs> My fingers are crossed for everyone. <laughs> Don't you have a usual regimen you use to keep your voice in good condition? Uh, I, I do warm up. Um, I like to drink tea for sure. That's super helpful. I'm just avoiding cold water. But yeah, just really like simple warm-ups, scales, and that sort of thing. So before we heard the track Unfound, we were talking about how you were feeling at a crossroads in your life. You packed your bags. You went to Australia. So set the scene for us, Tom. <laughs> well, yeah. So I, sh- I, I showed up and... Um, went through a little period of staying in hostels and trying to figure out how I was going to, you know, create some semblance of a foundation for myself there. I had a, I had a job, but it was pretty weak and uh, I needed some way to supplement it. So uh, all I had at that time was like a little baby Taylor acoustic guitar, which was sort of a derivation from what I'd been playing before, which is a lot of, a lot of metal stuff, a lot of electric guitar. So so what you're referencing there is that when you were a teenager, you were in a lot of teenage bands. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was kind of the scene around where I grew up in uh, in Whitby, Ontario, um, in that sort of Durham region. It it kind of felt like when I was in high school and sort of late elementary school that like in that area, if you were in a band, you were in a metal band or a hardcore band. So uh, I loved it, but in a way, I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was like that was my focus for a long time. Sort of progressive metal music was like a priority, and um, in this sort of period of questioning everything, um, I kind of went in a different, took a break from that stuff for a little bit, and um, like I said, when I went. When I went overseas, all I had was my baby Taylor, so I was kind of forced into this position of looking at songwriting and guitar playing in a different light. Yeah, so the busking thing uh, was a, a really good outlet for me to um, step into new directions, and I like it started just sort of messing around with some covers and 
and that kind of thing because I didn't really have the confidence built up uh, as far uh, vocally, you know. Um, but that was a huge sort of trial by fire in in this in that sense of uh, eventually songwriting, but just at the beginning uh, singing in public. And the interesting thing about busking is that you have sort of a permanent audience but it's very temporal at the same time people people walk by and they can totally ignore you and it's it's kind of okay you know but it's different if you're playing in a room and everyone's standing there and they're (laughs) if they're ignoring you then there's like a there's a tension there there's a pressure but people just walking by the street it's like if they stop it's amazing and if they don't you know there's no there's no judgment from my end so it's uh, it's really refreshing, and there are a lot of little moments of people stopping, and you know, some people drop in ten, twenty bucks into my guitar case, and it's just like a very, um, a very rejuvenating and inspiring thing to do. Uh, I'm amazed more musicians don't busk because, considering that your hat or what people are giving to you is what you're using to eat that night, you really must have this like fight or flight learning session where like this is what people like this is what people don't like exactly yeah and and that's kind of what i mean by the trial by fire aspect of it that um you go out there and you you have certain moments where you see people's eyes kind of light up or whatever it is whether they stop for particular songs you know if you get bigger crowds for that sort of thing or um there's there's tiny little details like that where um, sometimes it's totally arbitrary, but it, it can sort of teach you a lot about keeping attention. Yeah. So, what was your go-to song? Um, I guess at the time I was playing. Uh, oh, "Old Man" by Neil Young was like a that was a daily thing. <laughs> uh, some like "City in Color" stuff. Some like I don't know. It was kind of just. Um, this okay. Hold on. Hold on. You said City and Color. Now that's a Canadian band, and you're in Australia. Did that work? <laughs> uh, surprisingly, it did, and I think it's because a Alexis on Fire is massive in Australia, and b I think City and Color sort of de facto became massive from that, and then even bigger. Um, so, for yeah. people who don't know, explain who those two bands are. So, Alexis on Fire is amazing. They they uh, they were. Uh, post-hardcore band you probably call them from St. Catharines, Ontario and um, they were hugely inspirational for that scene sort of that I was referring to earlier in the sort of Durham region and in the GTA the Toronto area uh, can't remember we're in Vancouver we don't yeah. know what the hell that is <laughs> yeah. the greater Toronto area um, so everything surrounding the city uh, there is a huge movement in that direction of very aggressive hardcore music and uh but what they did is they sort of struck a balance between the aggression with um you know two vocalists so dallas green was the sort of yang to the yin that was the screaming and uh so his voice kind of was that um you know that glimmer in the darkness of of Alexis fire's music and i think him emerging from that into city and color it uh, created this whole unique dynamic so 
Dallas Green left that band to form his own band, City and Color, which are more pop rock music. Yeah, well, the the, the earlier stuff was um, very... Th- there was something very tangible about the the room and the the, uh, the space in his music, the way that he played guitar, you could... The reflections were very clear, and um, uh, his second record, Bring Me Your Love, is is uh, one of my favorites as far as songwriting is concerned. So save your scissors For someone else's skin My surface is so tough I don't think the blade will dig in Save your strength Save your wasted time There's no way that I want you to be left behind So, you're in Australia, sitting on the street with your guitar, playing City in Color, and it's going over well with Australians. Yeah, it's it seemed to be, for sure. I mean, some days some days you make two bucks, some days you make a hundred some days you make 300 you know it's very volatile which i think is a good uh, it's a good test of your will leading into pursuing music full time you know because there's volatility in that as well (laughs) so i think it's time for us to play another track of yours so i'm going to play peaceful ghosts so would you like to set this song up for the listeners sure uh peaceful ghosts is kind of more of an amalgamation of um, not necessarily stories but sort of moments I guess in my life with different people so it's not some of the songs are very specific narratives um, but this one isn't really like that it's it's kind of generally about um, the concept of trying to show gratitude for people in your life and not really knowing how to uh, maximize that expression uh, I think there's a limitation to words and how much that especially when they're used so often and uh, superfluously that you it becomes difficult to fully express how much you care about someone or how much you are grateful for what they've done for you so um, there's just particular moments that I was thinking about in this song that came to life through it
Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Peaceful Ghosts off the record, A Northern Star, A Perfect Stone by a band called Map Of. I'm sitting here with Tom in the tour van. We're sipping tea. This song I've read was born out of an event of immense physical weakness. That sounds so mysterious. <laughs> Sorry, which are you referring to? The song Peaceful Ghosts. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, there is a particular line that does refer to a moment in which um, there was one night where I had the most painful headache of my entire life. It was terrifying. Um, I couldn't even open my eyes. And um, one of my best friends was there in this moment. And uh, I just remember her sort of trying to open my eyes and seeing her shadow on the door. And there's there's a lyric in the song that kind of reflects that. And um, yeah, it's just about the, the, the presence of uh, people that you care about and who care about you in those moments where you're kind of helpless, you know? And in this sense, it was very physical, but often it's in an emotional way. We hinted a little bit about this earlier in the interview. You used to play in a lot of metal bands. So I have to ask, considering we've heard a couple of your tracks now, what type of metal guy are you? I am all types of metal. Um, No. (laughs) I really am. I, I think maybe you could exclude like some new metal stuff, but like I love System of a Down, they're one of my favorite bands. But uh, progressive metal has always really drawn me. Um, stuff like Dream Theater and Opeth and Protest the Hero, some of my favorites. Recently, though, uh, in the past like couple months, I've been really digging into black metal. Uh, <laughs> so like uh, stuff like Burzum and uh, Emperor has been really big. Okay, so now most people who are listening to this are probably going to be a fan of Map Of and don't know any of these bands. <laughs> sure. So let's pick one. I love it when you hear a guy who's known for one type of music who talks and nerds out about another type of music. It's a nice contrast for me as a listener. Great, cool. So pick one metal band and then like just nerd out for a minute or two. Okay, okay. Um, okay, so I'm going to nerd out about Opeth. Um, so they're a Swedish... They were a death metal band. Now they're kind of like a progressive rock band. They made a shift in their past few records. Reveries came out in 2005 so I was what 12 years old kind of you know emerging into high school and and it's just so there's this like mystical element to it that's so beautiful it's so well orchestrated these beautiful mellotrons and organs the instrumentation is amazing uh, the songwriting is incredible it's so aggressive and then the next moment it's the most beautiful acoustic guitar playing and intricate arrangements that you've ever heard um yeah i could i could <laughs> i could go on about Obeth for for hours but uh yeah they're amazing that would be interesting to hear but you have a show to go to soon so we won't but <laughs> i will ask you this though would you ever do a metal version of something in map up <laughs> i think there are shades of metal influence in the live show especially because um 
three of the other guys that are in the live band uh, were in metal bands. One of them, the drummer, I was in a bunch of bands with him throughout high school. He's been my best friend for a long time. And then the two other guys were in a metal band together. So we have we all have that sort of desire to be aggressive on stage, I think, in moments. So it does come out. We try to keep the dynamics there, you know, but uh, yeah, it definitely emerges from time to time. Let's play another song. I'm going to play the Feist cover that you did. So for people who don't know, who is Feist? Feist is uh, an incredible Canadian songwriter. Um, She's been super influential to me. she has a record called The Reminder, which is um, myself and my friends amongst our favorite records of, of all time. She recently put out a record called Pleasure, uh, which is her first in about five years, five or six years. And um, there's a character to this record, um, such an organic character to it that uh, is sort of hard to find, and especially um, considering how long of a wait there was it was a very bold decision for her to make and i really love this record and pleasure is the title track uh, off of that record and something just really drew me to it so i kind of wanted to make a darker interpretation of it Taking flight in such a serious way. 
Welcome back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the map of cover of the Feist song, Pleasure. So that was interesting. So you're obviously likened a lot to Bonnie Vare and bands like Fleet Foxes. So I'd love you to tell me one thing you love about one of those bands and one thing that they do well that you'd never do. Interesting. Okay. What I love about Fleet Foxes is... Well, A, I mean, I think the obvious thing is, is vocal harmony. They, they've always had, um, always made excellent decisions in that, in that regard. Um, there's something in the character of that music, the instrumentation that they've chosen and the, the chord progressions, the songwriting that um, is very uh, transporting. There's something that, um, you know, I hesitate to use any particular terms that are kind of overused, but I would say otherworldly is <laughs> is one of them. Um, That's one used a lot about you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I guess that explains what is so attractive to me about flea foxes. Um, What's one thing that they do that would not be a good fit for Map Of to do? Um, I think... Uh, whoa. Sorry. <laughs> Let me restart there. We are in the tour van outside the Imperial venue, and it's a very busy and interesting street, even on a Sunday night like tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's a little spooky. Uh, <laughs> so uh, one thing that, that Flea Foxes does that um, I don't necessarily think I can pursue is um, they have like a, a sort of marriage of uh, styles. It, this is a hard one to articulate, I think, but um, I think there's a grounding to it, a very, uh, a very important aspect of it that is grounded in reality. Uh, their newest record might stray a little bit from that, but for me, uh, the incorporation of electronic elements and really heavily manipulating sounds is something that's been a priority for me. So. Um, trying to keep it in not necessarily a particular space but keeping it in the organic realm is something that they do very well and it keeps you uh, looking sort of straight ahead and uh, like I said grounded in that uh, emotional place you know and the textures of it but uh, yeah I don't know I I don't think I can really 
stay in that place for a whole record and make it effective the way that they do. This record, your debut record, A Northern Star, A Perfect Stone, I read in your press materials was recorded during covert late night sessions at a, how was it phrased? A notable college's recording arts program. So immediately I'm thinking of you, a music dude acting as kind of a spy. (laughs) Yes, it was exactly like that. Uh, (laughs) um, A lot of it I kind of wrote and recorded in in my friend's basement and in my bedroom, uh, but I mixed a lot of it in in the studios at this school, and um, I graduated, and then I wasn't done the record, so (laughs) the following year I had to find a way to get back in because I needed the plugins the programs on the computers that uh in this facility to finish the record so um i had my friends sneak me in to the college to to mix the the record and um what's one plugin you specifically needed uh well they have a lot of um compressor plugins so uh (laughs) this is gonna get really nerdy but uh like an 1176 model uh compressor and i had a bunch of just sort of stock uh compressors on on my computer and uh, they just were not getting the job done i needed this character of this specific plugin so um so yeah so i i found a way to get snuck into the studios and was kind of mixing into the night and um i got an email uh, a couple weeks later after a night in there that someone had basically ratted me out and uh, the was it from the crusty dean? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, such a great guy, and he wasn't like he wasn't trying to be mean or anything. It was just like I was literally using their facilities without paying tuition, so they were mad at me. But <laughs> but uh, so yeah, he said, "Don't don't come back, or uh, we'll call security on you." So <laughs> uh, so I basically had to send the sessions to somebody else and have them be my sort of surrogate mixer. I would send them notes like this and bring this up a couple dB, you know, turn up the compressor on this and et cetera, uh, to get it done. So the last couple mixing sessions, I didn't even have anything to do with other than making the notes, you know, did you send a copy of the finished record to this crusty Dean? <laughs> I, I don't know if he's heard it yet, but again, such a sweet guy. And, uh, I don't know. I hope he likes it. I hope he did. So I'm mad. <laughs> You've never thought of emailing him a SoundCloud link? I think I think I should. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I honestly haven't. But uh, a lot of a lot of people at this school, professors and stuff, have been very kind about it. So yeah, that's that's great. I hope he I hope he likes it. All right. Well, Tom Map of, I appreciate you spending some time with me tonight. At the end of the show, I get the artist to pick one of the tracks off their record that they would like us to hear. Sure. Uh, let's go with um, Kapora. So this is the third track on the record. Um, it was one of those sort of guitar-centric pieces that um, I wasn't really sure what to do with. It was just like a classical guitar riff, essentially, and there's something sort of enchanting about it to me. And uh, I, I've always been into the sort of the fantasy realm and um, sci-fi and that sort of thing. And uh, there's one sort of specific... Uh, video game uh, Zelda if you must know that I, <laughs> that uh, I played a lot when I was a kid and there's something about that you know, musicality to it these two guitar riffs juxtaposed against each other that really connected to that story and I just wanted to communicate it in more of like a 
youthful loss of innocence kind of narrative and um yeah that's how it came together and um it's kind of an i don't know it's a really fun one to play live too it's just kind of a curveball it feels like so yeah nice so that track's name once again is kapora and the record is called a northern star a perfect stone thank you very much for being on my show my pleasure thanks so much for having me
You're listening to the interview show with Scott Wood. <laughs> 